Hi, welcome to Underneath the Hat Podcast. I am your host, Cherie Simmons. And today's topic is going to be on something very near and dear to me. For those of you that may know me, you know that I struggle with something that we've heard a lot about in the news and social media lately called infertility. And so I decided to share my story with you this week because I have been continuing on what seems to be a never-ending journey of infertility. So I want to call this week's episode is that size for a reason. I first want to explain what infertility is. So for those who don't know, infertility is what some women are diagnosed as when they have a hard time conceiving children. And I was diagnosed as infertile about three or four years ago. I had been trying to have a child with my first husband um, when I got married at 23 and then finally at 25. And it wasn't until I was about 27 years old that I was actually ready to start having children when I found out that I had fibroids. Now, depending on the woman, there would be different reasons as to why she's infertile from endometriosis or blocked tubes, fallopian tubes, or an issue with her uterus. My issue was that I had fibroids. And my fibroids were sometimes the sizes of grapefruits or grapes or oranges. It all depended on which time during my journey that I had the fibroids. So I always noticed when I was um, a teenager that I always had this little pudge. We call it a fupa now. Um, I was small in frame, but I always had this little pudge, this little pouch. And it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I kept having these abdominal pains. And I finally went to the doctor to find out what was going on. And I found out I had fibroids. And so at 27 years old, 27, 28, I had my first surgery. It's called a myomectomy where they had to cut me like a C-section. And so I was cut from like two inches above my belly button all the way down to my bikini line. And they removed four or five fibroids. And so I was excited because I was ready to have children. I was a little settled in my career. And I had to go to a fertility specialist and they did all these tests. They did a dye test where you lay on the table and they put a tube in you to run dye through to see if your fallopian tubes are blocked because um, 
if one of your tubes is blocked, that's what stops the sperm from getting to the egg. Um, then they have to do the water ultrasound to make sure that your uterus is intact. So if you do conceive, either naturally or through the help of IVF or artificial insemination, then they want to make sure that you're able to carry the baby to term so they make sure that the uterus is intact. So I went through all of that only to end up having my first husband not want to give a semen sample, which ended up being the beginning of a lot of revelations. And if you haven't read my book already, Underneath the Hat, it's available on Amazon.com. I speak about it in that book because it's based on a true story. So at 27, after having that surgery, thinking I was about to be a mom, I ended up putting a hold on everything because I ultimately ended up being separated and divorced. So now here I am on my second marriage and same issues. So I just had my fifth surgery to remove fibroids this past summer in July. And this time the doctor was able to get all of the fibroids out. Every last one of them. Ones that other people were afraid to get in my other surgeries. Ones where they were hiding underneath other ones. This doctor, world-renowned doctor, one of the best in the field, was able to get rid of all of my all of my fibroids. Finally, a clear vessel. After wrestling with this for almost 10 years of having multiple surgeries every other year because the fibroids keep growing back and they feed off of blood and then for me to find out in the process of all of these surgeries that I'm perimenopausal at 37 years old which means that at any moment menopause can kick in and I can't even have a child and then to find out because I'm perimenopausal the number of eggs that I will produce at my age, I basically only produce half of that number. Then to find out that one of my tubes is blocked. and But I'm like, I'm optimistic because all of the fibroids are gone. So I've gone through the IVF cycle with my husband now, Vince, and we've done two cycles. Now, let me explain IVF. IVF is in vitro fertilization. So, you can have a baby three ways. You can do it the natural way, where you conceive with a man and a woman and the egg and the sperm meet together. If you've ever seen the movie, um, Look Who's Talking, the picture they showed as they opened the movie of the sperm swimming to the egg, that's the natural way. Then you have artificial insemination, which is when they take the man's sperm and place it, shoot it to the egg, basically. So they take it and put it into a syringe and put the syringe into the woman and they put it to the egg, which increases your chances of conceiving. Then you have in vitro fertilization, which is what I have to go through. Because my 
fallopian tube was blocked and I had so many fibroids, they weren't able to get to my eggs. So the best bet for them is to take an egg out of my body, take my husband's sperm, put them together outside of my body to, to create a embryo. And then they put the embryo into my uterus. And it's up to my body to allow the embryo to latch on, which makes a baby. So that is what I have gone through or tried to go through. So in my journey of IVF, here is the process. I have to basically give myself shots. So they give me a birth control pill because they have, you go to these fertility places and they have cohorts of women who every month are trying to conceive or go through the process. So to make it easier on the team, they create cohorts of women. And so these women basically have to start their period at the same time, end their period at the same time so that they can create eggs. And so during the cohort, I go in, I have an ultrasound during my period, I get blood work done, I start my birth control pill because that cuts my period, stops the period. So they're trying to control everything so that when it's time to retrieve the eggs, they can do everybody at one time. So imagine having to go in early in the morning to get blood drawn get an ultrasound to see how many embryos you you're making every other day you do this and then you have to come home every morning and sometimes every night depending on where you are and with me being perimenopausal i have to do shots twice a day so imagine giving yourself two sometimes three shots in your stomach twice a day the medication affects your hormones, it affects your mood, and in my case, it affected my hair to where my hair was thinning and it was it was uh, shedding more than it normally did. So for those of you who remember me having hair all the way down to my middle of my back, it's now getting back to that point now, but the medication that I had to take and administer to myself had an effect on my hair. It also had an effect on my personality. Um, my husband says it best when I take these shots, he has to run and go to his man cave because it can be a doozy. And so the medication is basically making your body produce eggs faster in a faster amount of time. So you're injecting hormones into yourself in order to speed up the process of the egg, um, egg creation. Once they have enough eggs or enough, um, I produced, uh, created enough eggs, then I go in for an egg retrieval. So I have to go under anesthesia. They go in, they take the eggs. Now, I've never made it past that point because of my fibroids. I've gone through two cycles of giving myself shots, going through ultrasounds every other day, going through blood work every other day, going through a week, almost two weeks of giving myself three shots twice a day in my stomach, only to get on the table for the egg retrieval and find out we couldn't get the eggs because of your fibroids. 
So after all of the fibroids have been removed, now I can start off fresh. So my husband and I have been gearing up to start the new the third cycle. I've had my surgery in July. I'm healed. I go back to the IVF facility about a week ago. They run all these tests a couple of days ago. They do the dye test. My right fallopian tube is still blocked, so I'm going to have to go through IVF. They've done the water ultrasound, and what do they find? Another fibroid. This time, it's inside my uterus, not outside my uterus. So now they're saying they don't want me to go through the cycle and there be a fibroid inside because as the baby grows, the fibroid grows. And Lord knows I have been through enough to get to the point to where I can finally have an egg, an embryo, and be pregnant. And then all of a sudden something happens to the baby because the fibroid overpowers the embryo. So now I have to have an outpatient surgery in January, which will remove the little itty bitty fibroid that I have in there. It's not even the size of the width of a nail, but they want to get that out and clear that all out in order to make sure everything's great. The good part about that is I don't have to wait six to eight weeks before I can start the cycle like I would have had to if it was a major surgery like the other five that I've had where I've had to be out for four, six, eight weeks at a time from work. So imagine going through that five times. And thank God for Chicago Public Schools and, and insurance, the insurance that we have because I normally... Going through IVF will cost some women and families tens, thousands of dollars. I don't pay anything except my copay. Now, for those of us who have gone through IVF before, you remember getting a bag of medication. I'll never forget that first bag of medication I got for my first IVF cycle. That bill said $13,000 and some change for all of the medication that was in there. $13,000. We only had to pay $138. Well, I didn't even have to pay $138. I think it was like $38 I had to pay because of my insurance. It covers so much of it. And because of my insurance, I can have unlimited embryos, unlimited cycles of IVF so I can do this as many times as I want to and never have to worry about going into debt because of the insurance I have so thank God for the job that I have the career that I'm in and the insurance that I have that I'm even able to do this so now my husband and I are preparing for me to have this surgery in a couple of weeks to remove this fibroid that's inside my uterus now so that we can start on this journey of having a child. Now, I really wanted to have this podcast about my journey because I'm working on my new book, which is the title of today's episode. It's That Size for a Reason. And it it chronicles my journey through infertility. From the beginning of me having my first period to... All the way up until the different 
cycles and surgeries that I've had and how I've overcome all of this. Now, I'm very nonchalant about all the things that I've gone through, and I'm sure some people who are listening to me now are like, how in the hell do you do this to yourself? And I have family now who have seen me through recoveries, a grandmother who has walked into my kitchen when I was administering shots to myself and she had to walk back out because she couldn't take it. And now for them to hear that I'm thinking about going through this IVF cycle again and then having to have another surgery when I just had one in July. It takes a toll on not only me, but the people who are supporting me and who love me. My husband has already told me this is the last one. Now he has a daughter. I have a 13-year-old stepdaughter, but it's nothing like having my own. And me being educated in Chicago Public Schools for 13, 14 years and helping to take care and raise and educate other people's children and to see some of the lives and the homes and the environments that these kids grow up in, it really does something to me at the fact that I have to go through so much in order to have a child where you have people who aren't competent and capable to take care of them, popping them out like pants dispensers. Those of you who are old enough to know what a pants dispenser was, to pull their hand back and the candy pops up. And as long as there's candy in there, every time you pull their hand back, another piece pops up. So for me to be in a career where I see children who are in environments that aren't safe, and I see people who aren't competent and capable of caring for these children, having them over and over and over again. Yet I have to go through all of these things in order to have one child. It does something to you. Like I am mentally, emotionally, physically at a standstill right now. And asking myself, do I want to go through this again? Is this going to be my last time? I'm 37 years old. I'm having hot flashes more and more often, which for those who have gone through menopause or are going through it now, you know that the more more frequent they happen, the closer you are to menopause kicking in. So for me to be 37 and to know that I'm perimenopausal and at any moment, the one thing that I've always wanted, which is to be a mother, can be pulled away from me, snatched away from me at any moment, does something. And the fact that I keep going through all of these different things to get things removed and having these surgeries and here comes something else, it's like, Lord, when is it going to stop? When is it going to be over? When is it going to be my turn? And so I wanted to do this podcast today on my journey just to shed a little light to my listeners about what I go through, but also to be a beacon of light to somebody. Yes, it's stressful. I know it is. I have to wipe my own tears daily of hearing bad news when I think I'm almost there. Here comes something else. But for anybody that's going through this journey with me of infertility, Anybody that's going through something that you can see it's in your reach 
a goal or a dream that you've been going after for so long that you've seen other people going after and they get it before you do, but they don't put in as much work as you do or they're not as motivated and dedicated towards getting that goal or reaching that dream as you are and you see them passing you, I want you to know, do not give up. Do not give up. I don't care what other people say. I don't care how many people try to talk you out of it. Do not give up. If it's something that you want, go for it. I don't care how many people tell you no, how many people say you shouldn't. If there's something in you that is motivating you and pushing you and driving you towards what it is that you want to do, do it. Do not give up. And this is really helping me today, even though I'm on here sharing my story. This message is more so for me than it is for you. Because to have people who love me and care about me asking me, when are you going to stop? When they don't understand how it feels to not be able to have a child of your own. But to help raise somebody else's. This is me telling myself. Do not give up. You keep going until you can't go anymore. You keep pushing until you can't push anymore. And if you have to encourage yourself. Then encourage yourself. I can do this. It can happen. I'm strong enough for this. It's coming soon. I'm made for this. I was built for this. So to anybody out there that's not sure if they should keep going, they want to throw in the towel on something that they've been working towards, I'm going to tell you this. The harder that it gets, the closer that you are. I know that as soon as I decide I'm going to give up, that would have been a moment that we would have had a baby. And so I'm going to keep pushing myself. I'm going to keep mixing those medicines. I'm going to keep putting those syringes inside of my body. And I'm going to keep doing these egg retrievals until the Lord says that's enough. Until the Lord tells me that's enough. So I want to encourage anybody out there that's, Having people in your ear, whether they love you or not, them telling you no could be out of love, it could be out of hate. But if it's not what you feel in your heart, if something in you is telling you to keep going, then keep going. Don't let anybody stop you from fulfilling your dreams. It's your dream, your purpose, your experience. Don't let anybody steal that from you. And just know, I always say this, a burglar doesn't rob an empty bank. Meaning there's something valuable inside of you that the devil sees. And he's doing everything he can to try to convince you to stop what you're doing. And the more he throws at you, the closer you are to what it is he doesn't want you to get. So the harder it becomes, that means you right there at the finish line, ready to cross. So I know that in 2020, I'm going to be somebody's mama. 
not their stepmother, but I'm going to be somebody's mama. I'm going to hold a baby in my arms that has the same DNA as me. I'm going to be able to carry a child in my womb and feel them kick and move around. And I can't wait to come back on this podcast and share the news with everybody that I will finally be one thing that I've always wanted to be, which is a mother. And so I encourage you today to keep going, keep moving. You're going through this for a reason. The name of my book is is That Size for a Reason. My uterus, my issues, my fibroids are that size for a reason because God knows that I can handle it. And so I encourage you all today to keep pushing, keep moving, keep fighting for what it is that you call your purpose and your dream and your destiny. I want to thank you all so much for listening to me on Underneath the Hat. You can check me out on my website, SheriSimmons.com. I'm also on Facebook, Cherie Simmons. I'll have an underneath the hat page. You can also check out my Young Ladies at All Times page, my mentoring program. I'm also on Instagram at SMSimmons10 and also at underneath the hat. Again, thank you so much for listening. And I want you to remember to take care of yourself underneath the hat. See you soon.